One of the particularly odd laws that Ireland used to have, and all the way up until 1991, was Holy Hour on Sundays. Now, Holy Hour was really two hours from two until four in the afternoon. It was thought that if the pubs were open during that time, the men wouldn't leave the pub and go home for dinner with the family. Sundays in Ireland were pretty much the same everywhere. In the morning, the entire family would go to mass, then the men would go to the pub for a couple of pints when the pub opened at noon and the wives would fix Sunday dinner. But the pubs had to close at two o'clock so the men would go back home, sit down with the family, have dinner, then after 4 o'clock, they could return to the pub and drink until 11. That's 11 o'clock. That's an assumption on my part since the closing time for pubs today is on Sunday is 11 p.m. And they close at 11.30 p.m. on Monday through Thursday and 12.30 a.m. on Friday and Saturday. You're thinking, wow, that's pretty early for a bar to be closing. But no worries. The law really is they can't sell you anything past those times. And they don't necessarily kick you out. They pull the drapes down, they lock the doors, and what happens behind closed doors is really nobody's business but who's there, right? And there's plenty of late bars. Then there are these speakeasies and casinos that are open like 24 hours. Nobody knows about them except the locals, and you've, you wouldn't have any trouble finding that out if you looked around a little bit. But anyway, back to my story. This holy hour thing. There's a great story that kind of illustrates how ridiculous this really was. The law didn't fit into the lifestyle of bachelors or men who were estranged from their wives. Divorce was illegal in Ireland until just a few years ago. One of the famous fellows who fell into these parameters was Dublin writer Brendan Behan, who was estranged from his wife. So his Sundays were spent in pubs, usually alongside uh, fellow famous literary figures, Patrick Cavanaugh and Flan O'Brien. Cavanaugh was a lifelong bachelor until the last couple of years of his life when he married an old friend. And then O'Brien separated from his wife shortly after they married and they never divorced and they never saw each other again. Now there's a story about these three men. It was a rainy Sunday afternoon in Dublin in the early 1960s and it's two o'clock in the afternoon and the barman, according to one story, it was Neary's Pub. According to another version, it was Senate's, easily confused as the two bars are just a few steps from each other off of Grafton Street. Anyway, the barman pushes the men out the door and at the allotted time as the law prescribed. Behan and Cavanaugh and O'Brien, they had no families to go home to. And if they walked back to their own homes about the time they got there, it would be time to turn around so they could get back to the pub when it opened at 4 o'clock. So here they were, these three riders, huddled against the wall, just out of the rain, collars turned up on their jackets to ward off the damp chill, standing there smoking cigarettes, shivering, and waiting for the next two hours to pass by when they could go back into the pub and continue drinking. And after a long period of silence, staring straight ahead with no conversation at all, because truthfully, Behan and Kavanaugh and Brian didn't really like each other that much, call it jealousy, begrudging, or a rivalry, but they grew to appreciate the literary life that they all had shared. So finally, after a long time, the rain grew harder, but none of the three men moved, and Behan, he turned and he looked at Patty Kavanaugh, and he turned and he looked at Flan O'Brien, and for the first time during this entire scene, he finally said something. You know what fucking problem with Dublin is these days? There are just no characters left anymore. This is episode 19. Welcome to 
welcome to the Brews Traveler, exploring the craft beer scene across North America, one craft brewery at a time. And now here's your host, the man who gets more MPP, that's miles per pint, than anybody, Alan Tatman. Thank you, Jessica, and hello, everybody, coming to you from the Keys Bar in Galway, County Galway, the Republic of Ireland. Thank you for finding us out here in the podcasting universe, and thanks a million, as they would say here in Ireland, for your patience this week. While traveling around because the tour group was doing so much stuff, I was either exhausted, more truthfully, probably a little bit drunk, and just couldn't find the time to pull the show together. And what a week we've had. We have visited so far 11 counties along the way. We went to St. Bridget's Abbey in Kildare. Uh, We visited Kilkenny Castle, Care Castle in Tipperary, McCarthy's Pub and Undertakers. Yes, that's a true thing. It really is. In Tipperary, Waterford Crystal, Jameson Whiskey in Cork, Castle Inn, Unspalpine Phonic, the High Bee, Mutton Lane Pubs, all in Cork City, Charles Fort and Kinsale. We visited the Kinsale 9-11 Memorial in honor of the 300-plus firefighters who gave their lives on that terrible day. We went to Kenmare in County Kerry, Cassan Sheep Farm at Miles Gap, Killarney National Park, Courtney's Bar in Killarney Town. We drove Slavehead Drive on the Dingle Peninsula. We visited Aidan O'Houlihan at his working farm and 2,000-year-old beehive huts there on the family farm, which has been in his family going back who knows how far. We visited Galaris Oratory, Ireland's oldest standing church the late 12th century Kilmakeeter Church, not too far away, all out on the Dingle Peninsula in County Kerry. We stopped in at Fergus O'Flaherty's, Dick Max, and O'Sullivan's, all fantastic pubs in Dingle, for a song and a pint or more. We stopped to see the resting place of the great Dolores O'Reardon of the Cranberries, who died just last January. That's in County Limerick, and it was one of the most moving things that we did on the tour. We popped into Dirty Nully's Pub in Bunratty, the Cliffs of Moore, and now we are here in Galway City, right in the middle of Storm Callum. A lot of wind and rain, up to 60-plus mile-per-hour winds. It's a breezy day in Galway. So given that it is a good day to be in a warm, cozy pub, enjoying a pint of Galway Hooker Ale from Galway Brewing Company, that's one of the oldest independent craft breweries in Ireland. That's where I am right now. I wasn't able to set up an interview with Galway Brewing this time, but there's always another trip. But I started out the week before I even picked up the gang in Dublin Airport by sitting down with Barry Cavanaugh of the Underdog Pub, an exclusively independent, that is, it's not tied to any brewery, craft beer bar in Dublin. And that'll be our interview of the week. Also, Tony and I took a bit of time late in the day while we were in Killarney, and we discussed our thoughts up to that point on our craft beer experiences in Ireland. We'll have another chat before this tour, and that'll go on a upcoming show. So we've got all of that going on this week's episode, and I am in the process of editing another episode for you to be posted early next week. I have the story of a brand new brew house in Dingle. We'd call it a nano brewery in the States. And you'll hear the story from Austin Barrett, founder and lead man of how he built Dick Max Brewhouse, a brewery attached to that iconic pub in Dingle, and the obstacles that a craft brewer faces in Ireland in getting started up. And so you can look forward to that immediately next week, early on. We've still got two days left in Dublin on Saturday and Sunday, so Tony and I, like I said, we're likely to have another conversation before we head back to the U.S. on Monday. 
I'll be overnighting with friends in Chicago. Then I will be back in the scenic capital on the bluff over the Missouri River on Tuesday night. Should have your next episode uh, posted about that time, maybe the day after. But meanwhile, let's head to Dublin, sit down, and learn all about the Underdog Pub. Here it is, your interview of the week. Dublin, Ireland, and we are at the Underdog Pub in the heart of the city, in the shadow of St. James Gate, and I'm talking to Barry Cavanaugh. He is the proprietor. Would I, what would you say is your title here, Barry? Barman. <laughs> it's myself and my brother-in-law, Patrick, okay. who are involved here. All right. And we have a friend of ours called Chris Murray as well, who's, All right. who's involved. This is the first craft beer bar in Dublin that's not tied to any of the craft breweries. You're independent. Yes, completely independent. And um, so how did you get here? What's your background? Uh, well, I've been working in bars since I've been 14 uh, in Donegal. And came up to Dublin when I was 18 and just loved the city. Uh, started working in a few pubs, but spent most of my time down in Temple Bar in the Norseman. And uh, we started off with a normal bar, Guinness, Minix, Heineken, the usuals. And we started bringing craft beer in around 2010 with uh, likes of O'Hara's and so on. And from three taps, grew to six taps, grew to 11, grew to 18 and finished off in 28 altogether. Wow. And then in 2015, the owners decided to go a different route. So uh, that's when we started looking for our own bar. And Patrick worked for the Galway Bay Brewery. He, he worked in, like, against the grain. He opened the Black Sheep, opened the Brew Dock, opened the Dark Horse, and then he went away for a while, and we came back and we started looking for a place. And when was that? When did you open here? Oh, uh, the 4th of July, 2017. Not year. quite a year and a half. Yeah, oh. a year and a bit, yeah. What propelled your interest in craft beer over, say, the traditional stuff? Um, there's uh, a guy who is from my hometown. He's got like four craft beer bars in New York. Um, Patrick Dunner, he's got like Rattlin' Home. Not Rattlin' Home, sorry. Um, the Jeffrey Fool's Gold, Alewife, bars like that. Mm -hmm. And going over to him, seeing what's happening over there, seeing the care and the emphasis that was put into beer rather than just thrown out. So that really got me into it. And through that, um, we came back here and... You know, in 2008, I think, the bill came in that the craft breweries could pay less tax or get a rebate. Right. And then they started coming up more. So when that started, we started getting them into the pub and trying different beers and so on. Do you have an idea of uh, how many craft breweries there are in Ireland now? 80, is it? Something like that? Wow. Is it? It's 60... Yeah, like that. I think it's around 67 on the ground, actually, with premises. Mm -hmm. And then... It's getting into the like 85 with including. So, the, mostly brew pubs rather no, than. Not brew pubs, no, no, but it'd be no? about. Um, there's a couple of companies like brew yeah. companies. Like, yeah, so there's about 67 which have their own kits and they brew mm -hmm. their own license. Right. Theirs. Yeah, and then the rest are. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, then the rest are. Uh, uh huh. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, there's, including the customers, there's about 80. There's about 80 total craft brewers. In Ireland now. Yeah, yeah. Between, gypsy including gypsy brewers. Yeah. Well, now, okay. Explain. We don't have that term in the states. What's a gypsy brewer? So you don't have your own kit. You someone else does the brewing for you. You come in, put up the recipes, and so on. Okay, so we call that a contract brewer. Yeah. In the states. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
So I noticed you 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 don't drink while you're here, or no. if you do, no, that's pretty much standard yeah. in Ireland, right? When do you have time to try all these beers? Because I know you have a vast knowledge of your product. Uh, well, well, like when we put on a new beer, we try it then there. Uh -huh. You know, we tap something up, we we try them. Uh, like Thursday today is our delivery day, mm -hmm. so whatever nice things come in in bottles and cans. We tend to crack open after work and um, share it between the three of us. Uh, but literally after work, have a beer after work, sit down when you finish up, try one or two, see what's interesting to you and that would be the usual way. I know the distribution network is completely different here in Ireland as it is from the States. We have a three-tier system. Yes. You're probably familiar with that. So how does it? How does that work here? I know Guinness and Heineken, who owns Murphy's and Beamish, they sell directly to the pubs. Yes. How does this work with these craft uh, beers? Uh, most of them will sell directly to you. Uh, there's two, maybe three big uh, distributors as well, but most of the breweries we deal with most of them ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then like you've got like Grand Cru, Four Corners. Um, who are big importers and they will they have a couple of Irish ones as well like uh, Kinnegar from Grand Cru you know that deck goes to most pubs right but, uh, we deal with all the breweries ourselves there's no we don't have to go through a distributor now, and I notice you you've got breweries here that are not only from Ireland but you've got uh, from Britain yeah. what other countries uh, you got Stone Berlin up there um, at the moment that's and uh, New, Newcastle uh, and Stone Berlin, that's about it. Okay. And Wild Beer, all the UK really at the moment. But we get stuff from like a two all in Copenhagen, um, um, Mickler, um, things like that. All we right. get those in. So do do those do those breweries that are from different countries in Europe, like let's say they want to service Dublin, do they kind of work together? Uh, some of them with their warehousing and their shipping and whatnot. No, we buy all these to a distributor. Everything that comes oh, into okay. the country. All right. You have to have a, a, an import license to bring beer in. Right. Okay. And uh, we don't have one, so we get what's available. All right. You know, we would go to like, um, for instance, to all. They're coming. Uh, we got a pre-order from them. We got a list of what's available. You mark off what you want to take, and that comes over in about a month's time. Okay. That's the way we would do it for them. Okay. Uh, that that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, we were we talked about this a little bit last night. What is the tax rate on a pint of twenty three percent? Twenty three percent. Yeah. But I still believe that your prices are very reasonable yeah. considering the quality of the product. Uh, I I agree. I think they're very reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. We we I'd say we, because we don't have any ties to any brewery. Right. We don't have any, like, we don't get any deals on the beers. Mm -hmm. We just put it on, like, we don't, like, do any value deals or, you know, buy 10, get two free or whatever. Right. So we just get in a couple of kegs and turn them. Yeah. So we're a little bit more expensive that way, but also means that we can turn the kegs all the time. We can, we can put on a bigger array, and that's what people want to come in for. But I wouldn't say we're the cheapest in town. No, but you're, you're not the cheapest in no. town, but... We also have very expensive lifestyles. <laughs> Compared to American prices, and I know the exchange rate too, you're right in line with the prices for most tap rooms, craft brewing tap rooms in the United States. Really? Yeah. You've got 500, uh, you've got a 475 milliliter there, a uh, porter for 625 euro. 
that's like eight dollars. Yeah. When when you do the exchange rate, that's reasonable. Yeah. 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 No, like it is. We we actually do think it is fairly. It's a good it's good value for what you get. Like most of the stuff you have on in here is. You can't get it anywhere else. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And so the discriminating beer drinker, the craft beer enthusiast, doesn't mind paying that. Uh, no, we, we believe what because we're it's a on. premium product. Yeah, exactly. So we believe in what we're putting on is worth the money. You know, like it's stuff we put on is what we want to drink as well. Right. You know, it's not just um, some cheap blonde ale that we just want to make money on. We want to be able to have a pint of it after work, and we want Very to be able good. to enjoy it. You know? What are some of your favorite styles of beer right now? I know if you're like me, your tastes change. Yes. But right yes. now, what are you drinking? Um. Well, I'm getting, as everyone else, I'm drinking a fair bit of the New England IPAs, the mm -hmm. Whiplash Double IPAs, mm -hmm. which are always phenomenal. Um, really enjoying those. But anything else, like in, in, in sours, kettle sours, basically anything that's there. Like, we try them all when they come in. Right. You know? Um, mainly, I, I go for Double IPAs. It'd be my... If I had to have one. Right now, you've given me this. What What is this one here? It's the pineapple weed. The pineapple weed, which is kind. Of, it's not really a hazy. It's no. It's it's a it's a botanical IPA. It's yeah. delicious. Yeah. And that's from whom? Blocks. Where are they? Blacks. Are? Blacks of Kinsale. Blacks. Uh, County Cork. Okay, in Kinsale, yeah. which we're going to be down there on. Yeah. We're going to be down there on uh, I think Monday. So, is it right there in the in the town? Uh, no, I think it's just outside the town. All right. But Maybe. they're fairly happy people, I'm sure. That uh, do they have a tap room? No, it's only coming into law now that you're right. allowed to tap room. So is that right? Yeah, it's like when's it coming in? Next year, uh, is it? Yeah. Is it in already? Yeah, but we just had a test case. Right. Yeah. Very good. So uh, yeah, so I think that will be Rascals will be the first one. Uh, Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. What's been the reception here? I've only been here on off nights. I've not been here on the weekends. It's been really good. It's a uh, like for any bar opening, to make it through the first year is always the biggest thing. You That's know? it. Yeah. Uh, but um, the reception's been great from the, from the beer community. Um, uh, yeah. No, it, it's been. I think the reception's been really good. Like um, people see what we're doing. People understand what we're doing. Uh, they realise that we like what we're doing, and they appreciate it. I think and. Yeah, I think the reception's been really good, you know. You're attached here. You're in the basement of Brogan's. And yes. anybody that's familiar with Dublin and the Dublin Castle area on Dame Street, you'll know Brogan's. It's a classic old... I like to say it's kind of like a country pub in, yeah. the, in, the, in the midst of the city. Yeah. And so how's that working with you guys? That really kind of has the best of both worlds if you've got people that want to go just for the Guinness yeah. and the Carlsberg and the... And the Smittics, they've got that up there, and then. Well, for what we want to do in here, we had to be city centre. Uh -huh. uh, to get a bar in the city centre of Ireland, you have to have millions. Absolutely. So uh, we don't have millions. So basically, we've been looking for bars for about three years, three four years, and I've known Ben for about fourteen years. I came in here one day to have a bit of a a, a bitch in a moan. And uh, we started talking about down here, and a couple of months later we were open. But we, like Ben, the fellow who owns upstairs, uh, he, we leased it off him. But um, like we have to share a cold room. Oh we yes. To, it's a very, it's a very. Uh, we, we, it works well. We do it well, but it's very um, restraining. 
Are you using an ethylene glycol system on cooling no. your beers? No, no it's no, a walk-in? Yeah, it's a walk-in, yeah. All right. Yeah. So different beers are better at different temperatures. Is there any way that you handle that, or do you use everything just about? Everything is just about. Yeah. What, 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 uh, what temperature do you use? Uh, keep the cold room is about 8, eight degrees. 8 degrees, that's so 1.8 uh, Fahrenheit. Hang on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why we haven't decided to do that in America. 1.8 times 8. A few more problems to look after first. Like 60 from 60? And then you take that 14.4 over 32. 40, about 45 degrees. That sounds very, very hot. It does sound very warm. It does sound very warm. No. No, okay, so, but, yeah, it's yeah. 40, 40 to 45 degrees. Okay. All right, so that's typically what most craft beers. Yeah. Whereas the lagers and the... We, we only have one lager on. Right. That's mainly for people who come in with their craft beer drinking friends. We have, like, a clean, clean crisp German lager on. Right. And that is for, but, like... Lager is not right. Not right. That's the that's that's the bridge beer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what we have. Yeah. How? What has been the reception from the big boys, Guinness, Heineken, uh, about the us? about the craft beer emerging here in Ireland? Um, it depends how much you want to go into the. Are they putting out new beers to block taps? Um, uh, there's deals with different, but like a barrel get a volume deal. If you take all our beers, you get, same, you get so on. Same, but, same thing in the United States. Yeah, but it's uh, we kind of don't worry about that because it, it's it's the people who make the decision to to save the money. Like it's it's not they're not being forced. The public the, the people who own the bars aren't being forced to take this deal. They take the deal, so right. You know you can't blame them for that. No. You know they they hand it out. Um, but it is it is like it's there's a thing with Heineken here last year or two years ago where they just rebranded beer and put it out as a craft beer and there was a big furore about that. Is the Craft Brewers Guild or the Craft Brew Association here in Ireland trying to do anything to no? Not, not, uh, they have the, we have Bjor which is like a, like a craft brewers pressure group a lobbying group? Yeah, like, yeah, you know, to be yeah, something like... But yeah. they don't seem to be strong in the hunch with breweries. So no. The breweries have started their own one. But that hasn't really worked, has it? Is it, is it like the sea bird in the UK? Is it like the sea bird in Ireland? Like the Society of Independent Irish? Yeah. Is it the independent the Sea bird, no. The sea bird's pretty full on. Like, they've got, like, they're really connected with the industry and everybody who's involved in the process all the way around the line of in England or in England? Yeah, over here. I, I haven't. I saw like a logo. Yeah. There was a. They were trying to get together at one stage, but then you you only had to you had to have a, a brewery. You're not allowed. Contract brewers weren't allowed in. And then there was another group set up with contract brewers, and I just think it's. I haven't heard much of them to be honest. Matt Man. Matt Man Rascals. White Gypsy. Uh, they and Fred Eaglers, they're all in this group together. Which group? This Irish Independent Brewers one. Okay. So it's group, it's, they've started a group. So basically, I think what's going on is that there's already sort of a faction. Yeah. And so there's already a faction that's emerging here in the, 
Well, Barry is just saying, Barry explained that, uh, so when they set up, they seem to have excluded uh, uh, contract brewers. Right. So when they excluded contract brewers, I'm sure there's some people who took umbrage with that and said, what's the point? For whatever. Yeah, all, right. all, all or nothing. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't, that was about two or three years ago, and I haven't seen any real difference or change. In but that group were... The independent brewers group were very, uh, they were very instrumental in getting the law, the legislation changed so you could have a tap room in the brewery. Okay. So that was really spearheaded by O'Hara's, uh, White Gypsy and Metal Man. Metal Man in Waterford. Yeah. O'Hara's, uh, uh, where are they? O'Hara's is in Carlo. Carlo. Dungarvan in Waterford as and well. In Dungarvan, okay. Yeah. So they would have put a lot of pressure. They handed the legislation over to uh, a labour TD uh, from Tipperary. Okay. And he put it forward, and uh, it's not very often that oppos- opposition legislation gets passed, but it got passed. Wow. So you've been here now almost a year and a half. Do you have any uh, plans? Uh, I know we talked last night. You were you were thinking of you were trying to get more American beers, and I know you have another yeah. number of them in cans, but you're you're really wanting to kind of move towards draft. We what? would we would love to be able to take in breweries like when the distributors come in. Like, they obviously bring in uh, founders or Sierra Nevada, and they constantly bring it in, and it's, all, it's constantly their beers. We'd love to get, like, a couple of pallets of Bells, uh, you know, do something different, get beers from Russian River, get a pallet or two over, and just put them on for one, and then one night, two nights, and then change it up. That's what we'd love to do. With and make it an event. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Tell your regulars, hey, we're going to have this. Mm. We'd love to do that, you know, just to showcase all the different breweries. But it, it, we, we'd like to go and we just like to get, go to a brewery, um, sit down with them, take in a pal or two beers, stick it on for a night, showcase the beer, then move to a different part of the world, bring them in, showcase the beer. Love to be able to do that. It's kind of unusual because, I mean, the, the history has kind of gone full circle now. It used to be that the American bars were wanting to bring mm. stuff from Europe. And you yeah. know, that was that was kind of an arduous thing back 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. And now I like the idea that we're trying to bring American craft beer to the rest of the world. Yeah. No, like you know, like in between them, like Scandinavia's got some great breweries as well. But uh, America, like there's because there's many thousands of breweries is there now, and they're always trying different things. There's always right. some good stuff on. Right now there's about uh, 6,500 yeah. that are up and operating yeah. and there's uh, there's another 4,000 that are in the planning. But the competition is just so fierce now. Well, if, you, if you're if you in Ireland you come out with a... Uh, when, it, when they all started it was all like a, a red ale and a pale ale and a stout. And, yeah, and everybody the same stuff. Yeah. But it, it's, it's... People are bringing out new right. things and going that... Set themselves aside. So They're the it, ones that are going to survive. It's it's the same here as it is in the states. If you want to if you want to make a mark, you better be innovative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because if you just open up and all you've got is a pale ale, a run of the mill IPA, yeah. a red ale, and a stout, you're yeah. gonna make it. You, you need you need to have like if you like you know you need your you do need like a good pale ale to keep the money coming in for your for your sour projects and so on. Easy, but that, that that's just the general sales for. So, Fionn here is in the process of building a craft brewery. Hopes to have it open late in the winter of 2019. Barry, what do you foresee? Uh, what 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 do you what do you see happening in the craft beer world of Ireland? 
continued growth? Do you think it's going to stabilize? Or I think it'll stabilize. Uh, I was up in uh, Donegal recently, and I was in a town uh, which is across the water from Kinnegar, and there was not one bit of craft beer in the town itself, not one bit. No kidding. And that's where I see, like, was it 4% of the market now at the moment? If you took out Dublin, Galway, Cork, what would that percentage be? Oh, jeez. Yeah, and that, that's... If that, if that. Fionn so, just said it'd be like 0.5, if that. So that's where I see, you know, like, uh, Dublin and so on can keep growing. Uh, but, like, you know, if I want to go down home, like, there's the, my hometown, there's Donegal Brewing, and he's got an absolutely phenomenal off-license as well. A load of beers there. But it's just, there's, there's not... There's not, in the, that same town where they had no craft beer, they had their biggest selling beer was Carling because it was three fifty a pint, and you couldn't make any money selling a keg of craft beer for three fifty a pint in Ireland. For you guys in America, Carling is like the natty light of, of yeah. beer in yeah, Ireland. It's what it is. Oh yeah, it's horrible. But that's the, that's the biggest selling beer, and mainly I'd say because of the price. Price, you know. Right. Uh, but if you look at, if you look at, remember we were, I think we, was it you I was talking about this before? The way, the way to get craft beer really pushed is to drop the VAT rate on it. Yeah. Right. Because if you do that, I guarantee you, Guinness What's will never that? be able to combine that. Right. The publican will make the more money, but I guarantee you that beer will be pushed. So we have, we have, a, yep. a, a, we have a VAT, 50% VAT for craft brewers. So right. Anyone who produces under 30,000 liters a year. Uh, All right, now I gotta do football play. Sorry, thirty thousand <laughs> hectoliters. Thirty thousand hectoliters. Math. All right. Yeah, yeah. You produce underneath uh, thirty thousand hectoliters a year. You are officially qualified according to the law as a craft. Brewery. Fifteen liters to a half barrel. <coughs> Standard keg. You do the best. Fifty right. liters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifty liters. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen. Right. right. Okay. So you're classified under that, that ceiling, you're officially a microbrewery, mm -hmm. and you pay, you, you, when you produce the alcohol, you pay the revenue, the, the excise that's due on that, which is the same as Guinness or whatever, but then you get a return. Three you months You get 50% back. Right. Now, what Barry's talking about is basically introducing something similar for that, but just for, for, for pubs that sell craft beer. So their sales on craft beer would have a less... Uh, now, I'm not saying it's the most uh, ethical way of doing it, but I guarantee it we can get it done. I guarantee it, because all the publicans will be like, oh yeah, drink this, drink If this, I don't have to pay as much tax on football play, don't yeah, put it in. Yeah, exactly. Great. All right, what's your juicy New England style IPA? Have you got one? Do you want to go high percentage or not? Uh, high percentage is fine. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just staggering up to the hotel. But I was thinking about that legislation. Yeah. The opposition can't introduce that because it's illegal for the opposition to introduce any legislation on the cost exchequer. So the party in power. They control the money. <laughs> well, Who, that, who's like, who's so. got it right now? Fina Gale? Yeah. Backed up, backed up by, by the other right now. Yeah, Fina Fall. So, Barry, uh, so what are your plans personally here? You're just gonna this this. Oh no, we would love to get like um, above ground for one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we, we we like this is a uh, the starter for us. We All hope right. like start up, 
they go for a few years and then look for our own place. Like, look, we're, we're leasing at the moment. We want to own a place. We want a place with a kitchen, bit there bigger, and that's that's the that's the general plan. Your name has a double entendre. Yeah. You're under. Yeah. You're down in the basement of Brogan's. Yeah. And you're trying to swim upstream. Yeah. Against a current. Yeah. So. Barry Cavanaugh, thanks so much, my friend. No I appreciate problem. you taking time to talk with us today. No that, problem at all. That's it. Also, thanks to Fionn Wallace, who was there at the bar with us, uh, for his comments on the conversation. Greatly appreciated, Fionn. Thank you. Uh, Fionn's working on establishing a craft brewery, the Carrot Factory Brewery. I'll save the story of the name for when I go to visit him. And he should have that up and running in February of this coming year. It was kind of noisy there. It's, it's always noisy in the pubs, unless you find a quiet pub early in the day and people are just kind of sipping and looking at each other. Yeah, it, never mind. It was kind of noisy that day because Barry only had that time uh, to talk to me after he first opened. It's a one-man show, folks. His brother-in-law, Patrick, is involved, but Patrick has a first job, so Barry's your man if you go to the underdog, and we'll see him again tomorrow, and the place is great has a real speakeasy feel to it. Uh, make sure when you head to Dublin, you give it a visit. If you love craft beer, you'll love this place and you'll really enjoy meeting Mr. Barry Cavanaugh. The Underdog Pub is located at 75 Dame Street, just across from Dublin Castle, and in the basement of Brogan's Bar, another great place for a pint and whiskey. Barry gets there around four or five every afternoon, so, they don't have food, but there are plenty of restaurants around, including some solid Italian eateries just around the corner on Parliament Street. If you want to check out what is going on at the Underdog, like their Fresh as Fuck and Friday offering, which is every Friday, hashtag Fresh as Fuck and Friday, you'll need to go to their Facebook page and search the Underdog Pub. Hey, ha, da, 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 ya, ha, hey! Cardion Scala Buchel. What's the rumpus? Now it's time for What's the Rumpus with Tony. What's going on in the world of craft brewing? All right, here we go. Well, here we are in Killarney. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. 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 Slancha. This is really good. I don't know. We can't keep track of everybody. Oh, man. That's fantastic. This is Black Lightning Black IPA. It's from nine, what is it? Nine, nine White Deer. Nine White Deer, which is out of uh, Balavarney in County Cork. I knew that. I just forgot. Balavarney. So Tony and I are here, and we're at Courtney's Pub on Plunkett Street in the city, the town center, I should say, of Killarney. I wouldn't call this a city. It's, it's more intimate than a city, yeah. wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And uh, the barman here has given us permission to record this week's segment of What's the Rumpus. And so Tony and I have been here now f since Friday together. I've been here since a week ago, Wednesday, or no, Wednesday. So, Tony, what are your impressions of the craft beer scene that you've seen so far? Now, take into account, Tony has not yet been to Dublin. So, anyway, what is your... I think it's. I think it's, it's come a long way. It's like they've. You were here how long ago? About seven years ago. Okay, there you, was no craft beer in Ireland right, seven but, but years in, ago. In Galway, defense, there wasn't much. In Porterhouse in Dublin, there was craft beer, and Galway, in Galway uh, City. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. 
Uh, so, I mean, it, it, I think it's come a very, very long way. Every time we've stopped in, has had some, a local brew that's really good, including this one, this Killarney, uh, this, their IPA, which is fantastic. Yeah, and this it's is brewed, a- this Killarney Brewing Company. It's right on the Muckross Road. Uh, those of you familiar with County Cary, uh, it's uh, between Muckross Estate, where you turn off, or, or actually Ross Castle, where you turn off there, and the town center. So, uh, so far, what's been your favorite? I really, brewery-wise, the Kinsale, uh, the Black's Kinsale uh, brewery, they've had a couple great ones. The Black IPA was great. And then they also had a a KPA, which was really, really good. I had their KPA, and I really liked it. But now I've got this. This is damn fine beer. It's, uh, it's, again, it's not really black. If you hold it up to the light, it's uh, that dark dark ruby red like a good roasted malt should be there I caught it really well and it is it's toasty it's got the right amount of bitterness um, nice after a nice uh, finish doesn't uh, it doesn't uh, it's, it's well balanced it's yeah. got enough malt it's re- really holding it up it's six and a half percent ABV uh, I'd have to look up to see what the IVUs are, but whatever it is, they've, they've really got it balanced out well. Well, and that's a big thing here, too, because I've noticed most of the beers, you're hard-pressed to get above 5%. If you're looking, yeah. for, if you're looking for the alcohol bombs, you're, you're yeah, hard to find. Yeah, they're, they're, calling, they're calling a lot of beers here, uh, they would call them IPAs, and they're like 4.5%. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're used to in the States. Usually, if it's an, if it's an IPA that's under 5, they call it a session. Yeah, a or session, a day drinker. Yep. A session IPA. Um, or, and most of the IPAs that you see are over six. This is the first one that I've seen since I left the underdog, yeah, um, which we'll be getting to on Saturday. We do that for next week. Right, right. That, yeah, we'll we'll talk. I we'll talk to Barry again. Anyway, uh, so let me uh, ask you this: What's been your favorite bar so far? Uh, the bar we went to uh, is interesting for, for beer wise. Okay, let's let's class. go to this. What, what was your favorite craft beer bar that you've been to? And then, what's your favorite pub all around? The favorite craft beer bar would, would have been the alley uh, that we went to. Mutton Lane. Mutton Lane, Mutton yeah. Mutton Lane Where they had, uh, they had a great style. They had a great uh, Belgian wheat, which I was like fa- I was right. fascinated by because that's not a flavor you that saw around a lot. Rising Sun that's right. Brewing. That's and right. it's Rising Sun is spelled S-O-N. So, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, the, you know, for a long time, the only brewery in, uh, in Cork was uh, Franciscan Well. Now, Molson Coors has bought them out, mm. and they have a bigger brewery. It's outside of town. But that Rising Sun beer, I had uh, I had the wit, too, and I also had their IPA, right. which their IPA was one of the few that I saw that was over 5%, mm-hmm. and so it was very good. And my, it, yeah, no, I had the stout, and it was it was delicious, too. It nice and roasty and, and very good. The favorite bar would have to be. I had a really good time at the High B last night. Yeah, yeah. They were just. I mean, just great people. Had a Beamish there and, yeah. a, and a pour of Powers, and it was just. I mean, you're not going to get any craft beer at the High B. No, that's true. <laughs> but it, <laughs> or, ambiance or the Castle. There's right. no. There's no craft. No, but that was also the, great ambiance. Yeah, those as well. old. Those old. Those old style pubs. You're just not going to get any craft beer there. But they make up for it in, right. in atmosphere. Right. So we're leaving here, uh, Killarney. We just stopped for the afternoon, and then we're on our way to Dingle. And uh, I've been told that Dick Max is now brewing their own stout in Dingle. The mocha uh, stout. It's a mocha stout. Oh, yeah. Stout. I can't I'm, wait. Look, I'm looking forward to seeing that or tasting that. And then uh, I'm, 
I really didn't pay attention the last time I was in Dingle about uh, the craft beers around. I know there were some. There used to be uh, Crean's Lager was mm-hmm. brewed there, but they went. I think they went belly up. Mm-hmm. And, but um, I'm, I'm interested to see how things are going in Dingle. Then after Dingle, we go to Galway. Galway's got a really exciting craft beer scene simply because of Galway Brewing Company. Yeah. Right? And then uh, after that, we're to Dublin, and of course, we're back to see Barry at the Underdog. So that's it. Sounds fantastic. Yeah, we've uh, we've 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 drank a few beers. We're going to drink a few more, and uh, we'll. Uh, thanks, Tony. Thank Here you. Here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Launch Talk to you next week. I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> Devils inside her. devil's inside her you've been listening to the bruise traveler follow us on facebook twitter and instagram or check out our blog on website thebruisetraveler.com cheers that's it kids thanks for listening and please head over to facebook and like us follow us and invite your friends to do the same and if you really want to help us here's what you can do first the easy thing Find us on iTunes, give us a five-star rating and a glowing review, and that will help us move up the charts in the podcasting universe. Secondly, if you really want to help, a small financial contribution through our Patreon page is always welcome. Go to the website, thebruisetraveler.com, and click on the support button to find out how you can help. The soundtrack for The Bruise Traveler is generously provided by our friends Gaelic Storm. This year's tour is almost over, but they have some of next year's dates already booked, and you can find out when they are coming to a town near you at the website gaelicstorm.com. Marketing consultation is provided by Mission Digital Marketing, and I know when I get home, Tim is going to, he's going to give it out to me. More social media posts, more social media posts. Yes, Tim, I know. I'm not good at, at it. I, I, I feel like I'm blowing my own horn. It's that Irish thing, you know. What do you think? You're special or something. Anyway, thanks to all the gang that went with me to Ireland. Suzanne, LaDonna, Emma, Graham, Bill and Greta, Dana and Karen, Julie, Jordan, American Dave, Ginger, Chad, Chris, and of course, my buddy, Tony Rehagen, for being such a great group and putting your faith in me to show you my island! It's mine! <laughs> That's the only good part of Braveheart, I swear to God. It's the only good part. Special thanks to Liam Burke, our driver, while we were in Ireland. Liam and I have been working together for 10 years now, and it's always good to have him by my side while doing these jaunts. It makes my job easy. If you need a driver in Ireland, he's your man. You can find him on Facebook, Liam Burke, that's B-O-U-R-K-E, in Limerick, Ireland. So, if I don't see you in Dublin this week... I'll see you back here on the podcast next week. Remember, folks, take care of each other. Take care of the earth. It's everything we've got. And as always, Merrily, you are the measure of my dreams, honey. I love you. I miss you. And I'll see you Tuesday. Thanks again, everybody. And so long for just a while. She's a Jaeger bomb, she's an angel, she's an Amazon, she's a poem, 
She's an alphabet, she's a violin with a bayonet She's a revolution, she's a piece of cord She's a grain of sand, the cliffs of morn She's Friday night, she's Sunday morning She's a fair wind, she's a sailor's warning Green eyes, red hair, long legs Devil inside her Green eyes, red hair, long legs She's got the devil inside her She's an ivory tower, she's a tin roof, she's a summer shower, she's a carnival, she's a masquerade, she's a picky fence, she's lemonade. Green eyes, red hair, long legs. Devil inside her, green eyes, red hair, long legs. Devil inside her, green eyes, red hair, long legs. Devil inside her, green eyes, red hair, long legs. She's got the devil inside her. on two occasions, when I'm thirsty and when I'm not. Brendan Behan, Irish author and poet. So Dean, say so long from the Keys Bar in Galway City. Alan, it's been a pleasure to serve you all day. We braved the storm together and everything. <laughs> Enjoy your travels and the best of luck. Thanks so much.
football.